Gloria is now going to read to us from Philippians. The reading is taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best so that on the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. I feel I ought to say good morning to you, the saints of Christ Jesus of St. Juan. I hope you picked that up uh, in, in, in the reading just then. Shall we pray? Oh, loving Lord, open our ears to hear your voice. Open our eyes to see your glory. And open our hearts to receive your grace. Amen. You know, one of Paul's letters was to the church in Philippi. And this morning, um, Gloria's just read to us the opening 11 verses of that letter. You know, the church there was, in fact, the, uh, the first known church founded, indeed, by Paul. 
but as he reminds us, its creation was the work of God. And that God, who had begun a good work among them, would bring it to completion. In many respects, the letter is a thank you letter. It's a thank you letter expressing gratitude to the saints in Christ Jesus. All who follow Jesus, who are disciples, are saints. No matter, no, no, surprising, I want to say good morning to you, the saints of St. Juan. He wants to thank them, these saints, for their generosity, their thoughtfulness, their love and friendship. He's known them for 10 years, referred to there in verse 5. And now, unable to visit them, he just bursts into a song of thanksgiving. You'll know how and remember how the walls of the Philippian jail had echoed the songs of Paul and Silas on their very first visit there. And now, as a prisoner in Rome, he's rejoicing in his spiritual captivity to Christ. And he's praising God and praying powerfully. He does, in fact, deal rather briefly with the thanks because he wants to concentrate on the real purpose of his letter, not in just what we've read this morning, but in the whole of the letter. He's clearly concerned that his Christian friends should grow up. Catch hold of that. He wants his Christian friends to grow up and not remain immature spiritual babes. He wants them to grow up in their spiritual lives. And I want to focus with Paul on what he said to the Philippians and what I believe God, our gracious and faithful Father, is saying to us this morning, to us, yes, the saints in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. You see, God, who began a good work in us. Oh, you know, my salvation would be a wretchedly unsure thing if it had no other foundation than my having chosen Christ. It is God who began a good work in me. God who began a good work in each of you. The human will blows hot and cold, can be firm and unstable by fits and starts. Happily, it is the rock-like will of God that is the ground of my salvation and yours God, we were reminded this last time I spoke, God has chosen me. God has chosen you. It is he who has willed your salvation and mine. And what he's begun, he will bring it to completion. Did you hear that? What he's begun, he will bring it to completion. You see, he who inaugurated our walk with Jesus assures us that he will never give up on us. God doesn't do mediocre work in our lives. He doesn't leave them half finished. He will go on 
putting his finishing touches to the work he's begun. Let's pause for a moment. How's God been getting on in recent months, in the recent year, if you like, in bringing to completion what he's begun in our lives? there been any changes in your walk and talk with Jesus? Are there any areas where you are aware of, of growth, of change in some form? You know, I'm reminded, often reminded, that we are a work in progress. And I wonder to what extent I am expectant and willing for change and growth. You see, our bodies, spiritual temples that they are designed to be, should be growing steadily towards completion. And if that is not the case, then I truly believe it reflects not so much on God, but on our indifference. I don't know, maybe our reluctance, maybe our stubbornness, maybe our contentment to continue to be just as we are and to have no real commitment on our part for growth or change. But completion, there will be. And the outcome is guaranteed. He will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. God is working to a schedule. That day is fixed in the Father's diary. That day will come. And nothing will stop it. On that day, every knee will bow and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. But as this completion process comes about, Paul looks expectantly to three things in the growth of the lives of the saints. Three things in our lives. In verse 9, And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more. You know, the NIV reads that your love may abound more and more. And looking at the original, it points to limitless, luxuriant growth. And such growing love develops from a knowing love. We love... Because God first loved us. And we need to appreciate and recognize and know the countless tokens of the Father's love as we spend more time with him. Those times when he speaks to us through his word. Those times of prayer when we speak to him and give him time to speak to us, to prompt us, to nudge us. Oh, May our love for Christ and our love for each other grow and overflow and abound and motivate and control all that we do and say and are. And Paul goes on and he prays that our love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help us determine what is best. Yes, that we'll keep on growing 
in knowledge and understanding in order to recognize what really matters. The NIV, to approve what is excellent, to know what is best, and to determine it. We need to pray the teaching work of the Holy Spirit into our lives, into our lives of love, and to have that spiritual awareness guiding us constantly how to act in every circumstance and to exercise love. Oh, the hymn writer hit the nail on the head, didn't he, when he wrote, Breathe on me, breath of God, fill me with life anew, that as you love, so I may love and do what you would do. You see, God loves what is best at all times, and we need his discernment. We may know the difference between right and wrong, between good and not so good, but as Christians, our judgment needs to be exercised between good and the best. And as we decide how next to proceed, let's bear in mind Jesus' words when he said, I always do what is pleasing to my Father. Stop. Will the way I live and love and act and speak and think today, tomorrow, throughout the coming week, will it all be pleasing to my Lord? And Paul doesn't stop there, does he? He's bold to pray great things for the saints that they may be pure and blameless, producing the harvest of righteousness. You know, the Christian life is a life of programmed growth and completion. We are literally on, on the rungs of the Christian ladder, praying for that increasing purity of inner character to develop blamelessness. Blamelessness in our conduct, in the way we live, the people we are, remembering that our conduct is seen by many. I was reminded this week, something that I know all too well, that non-believers don't read the Bible, but they do read us. They read us the Christian fraternity. And how much of Jesus and his love and light do they see in us? And we pray too that as we grow, we will produce a harvest, that fruit of righteousness. I chanced to look into Mark's gospel and in chapter four, I noted how there Jesus describes the tireless attention that the gardener gives to his plants. Yet when the plant is fully grown, the gardener has to confess ignorance as to how the growth has taken place. The gardener's careful tending has not been insignificant nor optional. Yet something other than man had made the plant grow. 
And so too with the fruit of righteousness in our lives. Our obedience and our discipline in getting to know God better, our response to the Holy Spirit's nudges and prompts, they all play their part. But the fruit does become ready for harvest. And that comes about through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Oh, dear me, dear me, oh, we will too often be neglectful and fail in our role. But the end is sure and secure, for God is at work and is bringing to completion. He will never forsake us or desert us. I know that some may have odd moments of doubt. Do you? Moments of doubt, especially when difficulties or problems overwhelm. Some may be tempted to give up, uncertain that they are truly his. But how they and we always need to rest in his promises, to trust him unreservedly as we follow him as faithful disciples. Oh, the words of that chorus put it so aptly. Be steadfast, immovable, by faith stand your ground. Let not the world entice you, nor let error confound. For the Lord is your portion, his word is your guide. Be steadfast, unyielding, and turn not aside. Oh, God has begun a magnificent work in us, and may we be confident as Paul was, that he who began a good work among us will bring it to completion. Isn't that thrilling? To know that and have confidence in that. May I close with two verses that were read to us this morning as sort of our prayer as we go on. Oh, may our love overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight, helping us to determine what is best so that on the day of Christ we may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Amen.